0: Welcome to the first episode of the Sweetest Dew Podcast. This is Dylan Conroy, and let's talk about some tea. So, I want to explain first what this podcast is for. As some of you know, I am currently living in Anhui, in China, for the purpose of studying tea and learning about tea. As great as that might sound, and as fun as that might sound, the study of tea in China is lucrative at best there is very few straightforward books especially in English there is a lot of conflicting information and there's a fair amount of bullshit to be quite honest the study of tea is can best be described as drinking a whole lot of tea talking to a whole lot of people and then figuring out for yourself what is true, what is accurate, and what is worth, and who is worth listening to. So this podcast is going to be a mix of all of that. It's going to be my thoughts, my my journey, if you will. Uh, you will hear everything from reviews to passing thoughts to the occasional angry rant. Because sometimes the tea world in China can be quite frustrating. So, without further ado, I want to start talking about our first topic today. Today we're going to talk about white tea. <coughs> I'm quite a fan of white tea. I am. White tea is a tea that, for those who don't know, is sun dried and then usually and then goes for baking dry. Then Sorry, let me let me rephrase that. It's first wilted, uh, usually in the shade. Just gets the initial moisture out. And then it's sun-dry. That's where you're going to get most of the drying, most of the moisture removal. And then it's baked dry, preferably over charcoals. And that is really what's going to finish off the tea, really make sure all the moisture is out. I'm currently still... The last step, actually, isn't talked about too much. So I'm currently still finding out if this is true across all teas or... I suspect that there's different types of... different ways of finishing the drying. But the best white tea I've found so far uh, has been charcoal dry. Charcoal baked dry. Now there's a couple different types of white tea. And it's all based on the picking. For example, there is... Bai Hao Yin Zhen, Silver Needles, there is Bai Mudan, there is Gong Mei, and there is Shou Mei. So Bai Hao Yin Zhen is a picking of just the needles. And sometimes it can be a small bud, but it's the earliest picking. And this is previously, until recent times, the, the, the most sought after, highly sought after. Usually the flavor is the lightest, but also the most complex. And I say lightest. But what I should really say is brightest. Um, As I pause and... So once again, you often... As you listen to my podcast... These podcasts are more rants than really... Planned ideas and planned speeches. For more of the planned, organized speeches... Those would be more on my Instagrams and on my YouTube channel. So... So back to what I was saying. Silver Needle is... So I take that back. So silver Needle is not the brightest. I'm going to call Bai the brightest. But Silver Needle has the most body. And body in white tea is something that is probably never talked about. Um, because a lot of people don't recognize it and don't notice it. Because it is a very soft body. And it is often... It is not always found in white teas. The white tea body... The white tea flavor is soft but it's full. There's there's a boldness about it, a a soft boldness, sort of like a tai chi push. You know, the push itself is soft, but it does give you some oomph to it. And part of of this body will come from the hairs. There is this hairy taste, which is a tea hair taste, a kind of fuzziness, kind of warmth, kind of fullness, not so much like your uncle's armpit sort of hair. And then, so that's silver needle, and it's going to be the most complex. The next one down is Bai Mudan, and this is when you get into picking the bud and the leaves. And the bud is pretty big here still, still a sizable bud, so you still get some complexity, still some brightness, but the leaves are going to dilute it a little bit. They're going to kind of cut that body, and they're going to cut some of the complexities, but this is what's going to be brighter. It's going to be brighter, a little more refreshing. You know, you're trading body for refreshingness. And so that's the picking difference. And then we, next we have Gangmei. And Gangmei is now going to start talking about when it's picked. So by Mudan, like I said, it's picked very early. The bud is very big. Um, but the picking for Gangmei is when... The, as the bud gets smaller and the leaf gets bigger. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what... When the cutoff is. You know, at what day... But what, what tells the farmer what they're picking is gongmei versus Bai Mudan? Um, and I, sus- I sort of suspect they don't really know until they dry it or until they make it. Um, but I will see, I will find out more. I often go to Fu Ding so I'm always asking questions. And so in gongmei you still have a bud but by now the bud is pretty thin and pretty skinny. And you have some sizable leaves but not overly big. The overly big leaves are going to come from Shoumei. Now Shoumei is the last picking. This is when you have very big leaves and very little to no bud. And as Gongmei and Shomei, compared to Bai Mudan, are a lot less bright. You get more kind of autumn, leafy, brown sugary, you know, darker flavors. Um, not black tea dark, but darker, like autumn. Think autumn against spring. And, like, autumn leaves against spring flowers sort of thing. And and they're going to be bolder. They're going to be much less complexity, a more singular, bold taste, which can be nice, because sometimes you will get a fruitiness in this boldness, this a bold, straightforward fruitiness. Recently, so... Before, like I mentioned, Silver Needle was the most sought after, Bai Mudan was highly respected, and then Gongmei and Shomei were kind of what was left over, you know, they were, you know, they lacked the complexity, they lacked the brightness, um, and also the yield was much bigger for Gong Mei and Shomei just because it's a lot less about the bud, more about the leaves, which s- affected the demand, you have more supply, you have less demand. Basic, basic economics. Recently, though, things have begun to change. Recently, there's been more of a demand for the Xomei and the gongmei, particularly the aged Xomei and the aged gongmei. And this, this popularity in aged white tea in general is kind of piggybacking off the popularity of Poor. As we all know, in the early 2000s, puer peaked in popularity, people trading it like stocks. And without getting too much into the history of puer, the popularity of puer bled into white tea. This is partially because the white tea makers started putting their white tea in discs. And puer discs were very popular. Um, so white tea discs started to get, gain more popularity. And people began to realize that white tea could, in fact, age. And so, the popularity of aged pu'er discs led to the popularity of aged white tea, also often discs. Um, and so, what you're seeing now is you're seeing a lot more people talking about aged gongmei, aged shoumei, and it's interesting for me because I started drinking... I started really understanding white tea in about 2012, 2013, where I drank a lot. This is when I was working at Tea Drunk. So I drank a lot and I understood a lot more. And this was before the craze. Not I won't call it a craze yet, but before the popularity. Um, or in the beginning of the popularity. This is when Baimudan, uh, when white tea first started to gain some traction. And... And it's interesting to see how people are talking about it now, even in these few years, because the conversations are changing a lot. You know, before people talked about new white tea, and aged white tea was sometimes kind of mentioned and threw in there, but usually people didn't, I don't think I've really ever heard of an aged white tea above three or four years. You know, aged white tea was always kind of, people always kind of talked about the aged white tea they drank being one or two years old, three or four years old. These days, though, I have started seeing, especially when you go down Taobao and talk to a lot of tea drinkers, people are talking about 10-year-aged, 15-year-aged. And one of the things that worries me, and there's a few things that worry me about this. The first thing is that because of factors such as the cheapness of shoumei and gongmei and like I mentioned before the yield the high yield of shoumei and gongmei there's a lot of shoumei gongmei available on the market and it is usually what is aged it's usually you see a lot more aged shoumei gongmei than you see aged silver needle and baimudan and like I said this has more to do with the fact that first of all uh, Silver needle and Bai Mudan sell for a higher price. Um, when there's fresh tea, the fresh tea sells for a higher price. So, and also that, this usually gets drank a little faster. You know, these are the ones that people will... in the past they bought them and drank them, and so there wasn't really a lot just laying around. And and so these are these are two of my ideas of why there's shoumei and gongmei, so many more shoumei gongmeis that are aged than baimudans and silver needles. I have maybe seen only a few silver needles that are well aged and even in white tea, well aged I really mean about five years. So what's happening, so you're seeing this market, so white tea is becoming popular, so there's a bunch of health benefits people will claim to white tea as I always do when tea is popular. They... White tea is getting popular. Shou is getting popular. Gong Mei is getting popular. Aged Shomei Aged Gong Mei. And they are starting to take over the conversation of white tea. And I'm seeing it, and it's getting worse and worse. Actually, even in the few years it's happened, I've seen things. I've seen it even in the last year get worse. Um, and there's a couple points to this, a couple reasons, a couple examples. I'll say. The first one is that people will talk about Shomei. So the other day, people would talk about Shomei and Gong... So let me sit, let me face. The biggest, one of the biggest problems is in just the white, this new aged white tea trend is the extreme focus on old tea and the extreme focus on Gongmei Shomei, and a lessening focus on new tea and by Mudan Silver Needle. Now this is in one way is good and interesting. You know, to to focus more on something that wasn't really talked a lot talked about a lot before can really bring the new focus focused item to a higher level. You know, as people focus more on Shome and they focus more on Gong Mei and those start selling for a higher price, better Shomes and better Gongmeis can be made. You know, this happened in Puerh. You know, Puerh in the 1980s, early 1980s, was rough. It was a rougher tea. But as the demand for better and better Puerh went up, farmers started taking more care and started really making better and better Puerh. So the same thing can happen for H. Gongming, H. Mei. So, on the one hand, I enjoy, I'm enjoying, I appreciate this new focus on these two teas. because, In their own right for what they are They are good teas What I'm more worried about Is I'm worried about People not understanding White tea as a whole And people not seeing the whole picture For example And especially when it comes to New tea versus old tea There is so much focus On this old tea and so many people are buying it So many people are talking about it That people have begun to talk down New tea They've begun to say it's bad for your health, bad for your stomach, um, and people will often just be completely surprised when I say, I prefer new tea. I prefer the flavor of new tea. Even tea makers. Um, I remember I was talking to one tea maker, told him I like new tea, and he just goes, why? And this is with a younger tea maker, which is another conversation, but... And so what I'm afraid of and what I'm kind of not liking is that people aren't appreciating the white tea category as a whole. You know, people, it's one thing to understand the flavor of new white tea and to understand the flavor of old white tea to be able to compare and contrast them and then decide to, and then decide that you prefer old white tea. It is another thing to hop on this old white tea bandwagon and then act like there's nothing to new white tea. To act like you drink new white tea because you don't understand white tea. And this is what I'm beginning to see. The other thing that... And so besides them heavily favoring old white tea and even marginalizing new white tea, people are beginning to marginalize by Mudan and Silver Needle. And right now, this is just starting to happen. I've only seen a couple cases, but it can be a warning sign of what to come, a foreshadowing, if you will. Uh, the two times I saw this was the first time was on Reddit. And I was searching through Reddit and somebody was talking, somebody was curious about aging white tees. You know, they had started, they are starting to hear some things that was popping up a lot. And they said that... um, Gongmei and... I forget the exact word, but the idea was that Gongmei and Shomei were better for... That Baimudan and Silvanito did not age. And that Gongmei and Shomei aged. And now, I will say that this person was merely asking a question. You know, he's being very... He wasn't making any strong remarks or even stating any opinions. He was... More saying what he heard, but this worried me because this, this was starting to. This was the first sign that Baimudan and Gong Mei were being brushed aside. Like, oh no no, those don't age. You want Shoumei and Gong Mei. Those are the best white teas. And once again, you know, if if as people get more geeky about white tea, and as the market if the market begins to compare them and choose gongmei shomei. that's fine, but I'm more worried that people aren't going to try baimudan and silver needle, and they're automatically going to go, they're automatically, they're going to hear that gongmei shomei are better, and that's what they're going to taste, and that's what they're going to believe, and that's what they're going to repeat. The other thing that kind of worries me, and so, you know, so the other, the next thing actually happened last night, I was talking to a woman here in China and she worked at a tea house and she told me that the pickings for white tea went silver needle, Baimudan, shomei Mei. And now usually when people tell me wrong information, I'll be like, no, this you know that's not true. Um you know, and I'll, or I just won't say anything. I'll be very polite about it. I'll, some people are like I politely disagree, or I won't say anything. I'll just like okay, I'm just gonna let you have your opinion or let you think that. This time though, I was just like I just straight up told her. I was just like, boudoir like, that's not true. Like, no, wrong. I'm not right." And and it was funny because she. It wasn't so much. I don't think she. Said, I trying not remember exactly what she said. It was. She said not so much. Yeah, she said that Shomei and so yeah, so she said Shomei was picked before Gong Mei. And this this really worried me because that's just factually not true. That is a factual. So it's one thing to prefer Shomei Gong Mei. It is another thing to th- change fact. It is another thing to say that Shomei is picked before Gong Mei. And And especially coming from someone who works at a tea house. Especially coming from someone who works at a tea house. It's, it's your job to know. You know. People go to you for information. It's your job to know. And she, now this woman is in tea for the money. She, says. she said she prefers coffee, but the culture and the business of tea is much better than the culture and business of coffee, which might surprise some of you. Is a lot more of the case here in China than people think. You, people want to think that everybody who works in a tea shop is this passionate tea drinker no it's, it's like if I started working at a bar at a beer bar I don't really particular. I might not particularly love beer but I know there's a culture and I know there's a market so I just work at a beer, beer bar the same is true for, for tea shops here in China and this this worried me even more because this is when facts start changing this is this is the emergence of bullshit. This is the emergence of misinformation. This is where things really get screwy in, a, in the market of tea, in the white tea market. This is where things really go haywire, when factual things are changed. And it was actually kind of funny because we were talking and, and we, and she was, you know, it was, it, was, it was a debate. It was really a debate. I wouldn't call it an argument. You know, it was very civil and, you know, it was like a, was like a tea argument. So it was very civilized a debate But she felt strongly That Shoumei was picked before Gungmei And that Shoumei was the more desired tea Um Was picked before Gungmei And And I remember at one point She asked me And she just goes She was like Who, who told you this? Like your friends? And I said No Multiple tea drink Multiple fooding tea makers Like this is If anybody's gonna know It's them And and she she didn't really have a she didn't really have an answer to that one. She was kind of just like oh. Um, But even at the end, she just like at so at the end, the end kind of frustrated me. She switched, so I was like, what do I need to? And because this really hit a chord with me, because like I said, this was the beginning of spreading of misinformation. And so I said, I was like, you know, what can I do to prove to you that I'm right that this is the order. And she went into the, it doesn't matter as long as you drink, as long as the tea tastes good argument, which is just the, to me, the ultimate cop-out when you get into, when you get into a tea argument about tea facts and somebody switches and says, it doesn't matter as long as the tea tastes good. I just just don't like that answer. I don't think that's the, if you, that is fine for some people. You know, some people just want to drink good tea. Um, you know, when I drink a beer, I don't particularly care. You know, I'm, I take that back. I am a little interested why a stout is a stout and why a... I don't even know what's stalker than a stout. It's a stout. Why is a pale ale a pale ale and why is a wheat beer a wheat beer? But some people won't care. Some people are like, I'm, I just want to drink a beer. And that's fine. But if you consider yourself a serious tea person, and especially if you're in the business... It doesn't matter as long as it tastes good should not be part of your vocabulary. That sentence should not come out because it does matter. It does. So I guess the point of this rant this, this going on is to show some people... I guess I'm beginning to... I want to show... I kind of want people to see the beginning of a trend the effects of a trend, the beginning of it, you know, because I've talked before about Te Kuan Yin, about how Te Kuan Yin trend really messed up Te Kuan Yin, and even, I talked to a man who was very knowledgeable, and I learned even more about how bad the Te Kuan Yin trend was for Te Kuan Yin, and that can be another topic, and you saw it for Puer, you see it all the time, when like, tea gets trendy, and then bullshit comes, and I think, right now, in white tea, we are beginning to see the beginning of bullshit, and, And I will say that part of the problem are the white tea makers. You know, people, once again, people want to assume that tea makers are these beautiful, passionate people who just care so much about for the tea. Yes, there are a few of them, but a lot of them are in it for the money. You know, you have these areas, Fuding, so there's this small city of Fuding, and then you have the countryside. And in these small towns like Dianto, Diantou, in Diantou, which is the closest town village to Fuding City, there's not a lot of opportunities. There's not a lot of places to work and get a job, and but you have land, and so people make tea a lot of times just for the money, and so especially when a tea is now gets popular, when a tea gets, when a tea becomes popular. You have people who weren't making tea before, but they see their tea making neighbor get rich or get money, and they're like, "I can make tea. all you got to do is dry it in the sun. I can do white tea." and they start making white tea and they would just say whatever needs to be said to sold the tea to sell the tea. And this is partic- I think this is particularly true for the younger generation of people just getting into white tea. Um, they would just say and they'll say basically anything. They'll agree with anything on the market. They'll fit any market. They would match any market demand, if only in words, to sell their tea, which I understand. I know, this is, this is their job. This is their livelihood. Once again, like I said, they don't really have much other options, but when you are buying tea and when you are learning about tea, this is an understanding that you need to keep in mind. You know, Just because one tea farmer told you it, doesn't mean it's hundred percent true. You know, once, like I said, some tea makers are much more passionate the, uh, than others. Um, I've met, and you can usually tell pretty quickly. I've met tea makers that I ask them a question, and they will just give me a full, in-depth answer, clearly coming from years and years of experience. And I'll ask another tea maker the same question, and they'll give me a very shorthand answer. Usually, like we should just taste the tea and decide for yourself. I'm currently actually drinking white tea right now, 2018, I think it's a Baimudan from Dianto. It's nice, it's a little, it doesn't have that white tea body like I mentioned before, Um, but it's refreshing, it's enjoyable, it's Shufu, it's the Chinese for comfortable. You know, it translates to comfortable, but I think in English... I more describe it as enjoyable. But comfortable. A, I, like, I like the idea of a tea being comfortable in the mouth. Um, so yeah, so you're probably, you're going to hear me talk more and more about white tea. Because recently, actually, the trend got me interested in, you know, this, the all this dis- misinformation with the trend prompted a, study of white tea for me where I tasted a bunch of stuff and talked to a bunch of people and I actually didn't really get as much as I thought I was going to get um, so my this was before the tea season began, so the green tea season began and I bought a bunch of feng. and my attention kind of shifted toward there for a little bit but then this woman's comment last night about gongmei versus shoumei, once again livened this fire if you would say I'm not alive. It's not the right word, but brought back this fire of understanding YTs on a deeper level, and understanding YTs mostly so I can educate others. You know, I want to be able to fight the bullshit. You know, that's that's a lot of what I'm doing over here. Is I'm finding ways to fight the bullshit. So this will not be the last time you hear about YT. Far from the last, and. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing a lot more white tea stuff. I'm looking forward to this podcast a lot. Um, Once again, it's going to be kind of crazy. It's going to be a rant. I'm sure it'll get better as time goes on. But especially in the beginning, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. So thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time.